0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Lights, Camera, Sports podcast presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. Well, at the turn of the year, I thought it'd be great to invite ACC Commissioner John Swafford on the podcast to join us. He was nice enough to give us 30 minutes. It was a really, really fun podcast. We talked about his, uh, his career, his development, all the way back to high school and college for him. Russell talked about uh, conference expansion and uh, looking back at that time period and what the future of the ACC may be. Also, his favorite Boston College moments in the ACC. So it was a great, lively discussion. I hope you've taken time to listen and uh, really learn about the commissioner of the ACC. I'd like to remind everybody also, if you're a BC football fan, you need to be part of the BC Football Gridiron Club. Just go to bcfootballgridiron.com to sign up and get more details. All right, let's go right into the podcast presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. As always, thank you so much for listening. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at ChestnutHillTechnologies.com. That's ChestnutHillTechnologies.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Lights, Camera, Sports podcast presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri. Back once again. Very exciting. 2019, we have a, a great guest to start off with. We're lucky enough to be joined by the commissioner of the Atlantic Coast Conference. John Swafford joins us. Uh, for a nice discussion, I'd like to hear, learn about his history, his career, and, of course, BC and the relationship with the ACC. So with that, Commissioner, thanks so much for joining us, and thank you for a couple minutes.
1: Mike. Right. Glad to be with you.
0: You know, John, you're doing research about your very interesting life. You grew up in North wilkes North Carolina, uh, Wilkes Central High School, QB, two-time All-State. Just talk about, I'm interested in your childhood. Was football always your number one sport? were you always into sports growing up as in general
1: I, I, w- I was mike i i i was the youngest uh of four uh boys uh, in our family and and uh our our father passed away when i was thirteen uh so i was fortunate to have three older brothers all of whom were uh, were very good uh athletes uh and uh As well as good students, so I had uh, a family full of role models. Actually, growing up, and grew up in a in a small town in western North Carolina that uh, was very sports oriented, particularly football. And uh, one of my older brothers played football at at Duke uh, in the late 50s, and uh, when I was like seven, eight, nine, ten years old. So. I grew up watching him play uh, at Duke and they went to two Orange Bowls actually while uh while he was playing there and that introduced me to uh college athletics and college football in uh, the Atlantic Coast Conference as, as well so uh long history with the ACC uh kind of natural for me to to be in the sports world because of my my family and older brothers who uh were such good athletes
0: and you actually were selected for a Moorhead Scholarship, and they went to UNC, of course, North Carolina. Explain to our listeners what the Moorhead Scholarship is, and how you decide to do, attend the uh, University of North Carolina.
1: Well, at, at Carolina, it's uh, 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 not—I don't mean this in a bragging way—but it's it, it's a it's a terrific scholarship. It's one it's one of the best in in higher education, actually, and uh, is patterned at the undergraduate level. After the Rhodes Scholarship program in uh, in England, and uh, um, it is based primarily on academics and extracurricular activities. I uh, I signed a football grant and aid uh, to go to North Carolina uh, after considering a, a number of schools in in the southeast. And uh, after I signed the football grant and aid. Uh, I was awarded a, a Moorhead scholarship and decided to go on, a, on the Moorhead because of the, the nature of that particular scholarship. Uh, and it was a great experience, both uh, being a Moorhead uh, scholar in Chapel Hill as well as playing football there.
0: Very cool, very cool. You, you went on to play at UNC. You also have a little, growing up, I did some research. Your brother was a little famous singer as well, your brother Bill.
1: Well, yes, and, and Bill was the closest to me in age. He uh, and I mentioned my brothers earlier. He he was a very good uh, football player, all conference football player, and and uh, and track uh, in which he ran the sprints. And uh, actually ran track in North Carolina, and and he went to Carolina on a Morehead scholarship as well. Wow! Uh, immediately prior to me, he graduated uh, in the spring, and I I came in and in the fall uh so that scholarship program uh, has been very good to my family but uh in, but his first love was music and uh he went into uh went into music uh, uh out of carolina um uh, and uh had a couple of gold records actually in in uh 69 and and uh 70 uh good morning starshine and jean and and uh had a nice career there for a number of years and I actually worked for him when he was at the height of his career during the summer of one of my years at at Carolina and uh, was responsible for uh getting the, the the band equipment from one place to the next and <laughs> we played everything he played everything from Carnegie Hall in in New York to the Montana State Fair <laughs> so it, it was quite a uh, an education for a young college guy.
0: That's really cool. That's really cool. So from uh, UNC, you actually got your master's degree at Ohio, and then you started working at I believe UVA, Virginia. Just talk about those early days, Commissioner. Did you always know you wanted to get in the role in the pe- career path that you're on now?
1: You know, I, I, I did. I did not, Mike. I, I wasn't sure uh, what I wanted to do when I graduated from college, and. Uh, my father had had started a uh, a Goodyear RCA Victor GE appliance uh, store business, and, and there were three of those stores. And two of my older brothers were running the business after his passing, and they offered me the opportunity to, to go into business with them, which I did for a year. And during that time, just felt that that wasn't what I really wanted to do long term, and uh, sat down and talked with a gentleman named homer rice who was the ad at north carolina that i'd gotten to know while i was a student athlete there and he recommended ohio university to me as a master's degree program and uh i went there and and uh my first job out of ohio U was at the, at the university of virginia so i was quickly back in the atlantic coast conference uh, you know to start an administrative career and ironically the guy that that hired me was gene corrigan who was the ad at uva at the time and uh he ultimately left uh, virginia to become the athletic director at notre dame then left notre dame to become the commissioner of the atlantic coast conference so i ended up following him as commissioner of the acc and and uh you know the irony of that being that he he actually gave me my first job in athletics and uh was a tremendous mentor uh to me, as was uh homer rice who who actually stimulated me to go to Ohio University and get a master's in sports administration to begin with and those Those two gentlemen are still mentors to me to this day; they're in their early nineties, and I talk with them frequently and uh you know they spent their entire careers in in uh college athletics, uh, although Homer was with the Cincinnati Bengals for a while, uh, largely in college athletics, and, and they've both just been tremendous mentors to me.
0: John, you mentioned how you, you went back to UNC and became the athletic director in 1980. Uh, you were there from 1980 to 1997, so you're a fairly young man uh, to be named athletic director at UNC. Just talk about those early days, what it was like to be the athletic director uh, of such a prominent institution.
1: Well it was a wonderful opportunity and and uh, you know when when the job opened up, I was an assistant a d there at the time and uh was thirty one years old and and uh i at first wasn't sure whether I would even apply and and several people in the department encouraged me to do so and as it turned out uh they they uh gave me the opportunity to be the a d at a very young age. Uh, I didn't know how courageous that was, Mike, uh, for the chancellor, uh, Chris Fordham, uh, at the time until, uh, you know, when I got to be about 40, I started re- looking back on that and realizing uh, he really had some courage to hire a 31-year-old uh, in that job at that given yeah. point in time. But it uh, fortunately worked out really well. We had uh, uh, a very good run during those years, and, uh um worked with a lot of great people you know dean smith was a basketball coach the entire time i I was there during those 17 years i had the opportunity to hire mac brown as the football coach and and uh and and mac brought the football program back to uh to prominence and and uh, uh did a great job with that and we and we had very strong olympic sport programs and so it was uh it was a great period and and i enjoyed it very very much
0: do you have a favorite moment from those seventeen years at uh, Chapel Hill?
1: Yeah, there were a number of them. I uh, we built the uh, the Dean Smith Center, which is where Carolina plays basketball. That yes. was a tremendous uh, uh, moment, and we we built it entirely with uh, with private funds. And uh, so certainly that was, and we were able to win uh, two national championships in basketball during that time. Michael. Uh, jordan came in as a uh as a freshman uh my second year as as ad actually and so uh i was there for michael's career and of course he hit the shot against georgetown to win the 82 national championship and then uh we won it again in 93 uh both of those being in new orleans so those were certainly highlights we won uh the women's national championship on a last-second shot in in '94. Won a number of uh, women's soccer national championships and, uh, and a lot of ACC championships. So, but the relationships are always the the highlights. The, you know, the athletes that you're around, the coaches that you hire, and and uh, watching them succeed. Uh, those are those are really the highlights, I think.
0: So now, John, we fast forward to the late '90s in 1997, and you talk about becoming the commissioner of the ACC. Just give us the fans a background on how that all came about, that process, and take us back to those early days in the conference. Well, Gene, uh,
1: Gene Corgan decided to retire. He had had been in this job for about ten years, and uh, and and did a terrific job. And so the league was. Uh, looking for a new commissioner and, 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 uh, some people within the league came to me and, and, uh, you know, asked me if I would consider moving, moving to Greensboro from Chapel Hill. And, and, uh, and I, you know, Mike, I told them, uh, yes, I would be I you know, I'd been at Carolina for 17 years and that's a, that's a long tenure. And, and, uh, the ACC was something very natural for me because, uh, i I'd played here, I'd watched my brother play in the league uh, as a young kid I, uh, and so so my uh, you know my interest in in college sports had all been generated really through the Atlantic coast conference and the schools in the a c c and it was a logical next step from being an athletic director i felt i I was still relatively young at forty eight and uh uh fortunately uh they went through a national a national search and ended up offering me the job and you know I told them that you know if it's if it's something that everybody in the league really wanted me to do I would do it and and I, it was unanimous with the search committee so uh that told me maybe maybe it's time to you know to make a transition and and uh, and take another step uh from a career standpoint and it was only an hour, uh, down the interstate from, from Chapel Hill. So it was an, an easy transition, uh, geographically. And it was an easy transition in terms of coming to something in which, uh, you know, I knew the league cause, uh, my whole career had been spent in this league at Virginia and, and UNC. So, and I knew the people. So, uh, you know, I think that, uh, made it very comfortable in terms of transitioning into uh, into this uh, this job and uh, and then we, we you know early on we knew we had some things we needed to do uh, in, in terms of the league's future and one of those was expanding and uh, so that took up uh, the early years we, we did a lot of uh, uh, planning and and looking ahead to what the future what we thought the future would be and what we would need as a league to remain one of the most prominent uh, conferences in college athletics.
0: And that's a a great segue to my next question. I was going to ask about the expansion. I I guess, first of all, how did you realize you needed the expansion like you just mentioned? And then let's talk about the individual schools, 2004 Miami and Virginia Tech, 2005 Boston College. Talk about that early stretch of those teams coming in and how those schools were identified and... uh,
1: Well, the, the uh, you know we put a lot of preliminary work into taking a look at, at uh, uh, geography, uh, history, and uh, what we felt like schools would look like going forward, and uh, what would really add in the marketplace, uh, as well as competitively, as well as uh, be good fits institutionally with with the ACC and its, uh, current setup and, and, uh, you know, and, 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 and the academic aspects of it particularly. Um, and so we identified, uh, half dozen schools or so at that point in time, and then focused on, uh, on a few. And, uh, we felt like that, uh, at Miami and and Virginia Tech and Boston College all three would bring uh, it would be excellent additions in 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 every way and uh, and though it was a uh, a very uh, challenging time I would say in college athletics Mike candidly uh, with the expansions and you had schools that were looking for something different. Uh, and, and and a home that would be solid uh, long term, and and we were looking uh, because we felt like we had to we had to grow, we had to get bigger geographically, we had to have more television sets in our footprint, uh, and we had to get better in the sport of football, candidly, because we were very basketball centric, but we felt like we had a lot of potential uh, football wise as well, and from a a, a pure business standpoint uh football was beginning to drive the financial train uh to a greater degree than basketball so we felt like we had to enhance both the marketplaces uh where we were located and have growth there uh as well as improve uh across the board football wise and at the same time maintain the uh, tremendous quality that we had then Already in basketball, uh, and had had for a long time. So th- that was sort of the basis of, of, of uh, looking ahead for expansion. It was, uh, you know, you had schools wanting to leave certain leagues. You had schools that had conferences that wanted to expand, and uh, we felt like we had to act proactively uh, because if we if we waited and had to react.
0: Uh, we We would be in a
1: very tenuous situation as a league going forward for the long term so uh while there were real sensitivities and and uh and challenges there with all of that uh looking back on it i think our our league our institutions who uh, uh voted to go in that direction uh, really showed uh, some vision and some courage to carry through with that vision and that's what's helped us uh, be what we are today.
0: And then just to focus on Boston College specifically, you know, they came on, they were identified in the early 2000s. What did, what attracted you initially to BC? What were some strengths? What were some weaknesses to that school? And just talk about the process. As we know, there were some bumps in the road looking back on that time with the lawsuit, Dick Blumenthal, the state of Connecticut, the, uh, the whole roundabout. It wasn't smooth sailing. Uh, but eventually, it was all patched up in uh, July 1st, 2005. BC became a member and of the it, ACC.
1: It wasn't necessarily a smooth ride, but uh, you know, getting to where you need to get sometimes isn't the smoothest of rides. Uh, our expansions since then have, have been much smoother, uh, but uh, it, you know, it was challenging. There's no question about that. But certainly, the right thing to do in terms of BC. Uh, you know, one of the things about the Atlantic Coast Conference that people don't generally think about, uh, and understandably so, we're a little different than the other Power uh, Power Five conferences in that uh, six of our 15 institutions now are private, and uh, that's more than the other four conferences combined in terms of private institutions. So we're we're a very healthy and, I think, interesting mix of of private institutions and, and public institutions and some of our public institutions in a way from an academic standpoint operate a lot like a lot like private institutions the standards are, are very high uh... so we felt like bc would just be a tremendous fit for us uh, first of all because of the nature of the institution uh... the quality of the institution uh... a broad-based, broad-based athletic program Um and a uh, a market that uh, was, would be new to the Atlantic Coast Conference and would expand our horizons uh, from that standpoint tremendously, too. So I think it was an excellent fit and has proven to be academically, athletically, and in the marketplace. So uh, there, there were just a lot of positives right off the bat with Boston College.
0: And can you talk about your relationship with gene Flip. I know he was a big instrumental uh, person, but back then as r a d to uh, get us into the a c c
1: he was gene uh, and father Leahy were just terrific to to work with uh during that transition i uh i, I can't say enough about uh about the job that both of them did and in bringing uh, BC into the Atlantic Coast Conference, and uh, uh, I'm glad glad that you that you mentioned Gene and and uh, uh, and certainly Father Leahy's leadership uh, uh, was there and prominent as well, and uh, both uh, you know in the year or two leading into BC's joining the league and then transitioning. Uh, into the league when, when it actually happened. Uh, so it's worked out tremendously well for the Atlantic Coast Conference, and, and, and I think the folks at BC would say the same thing.
0: Is there Maybe there's not, but is there a moment in your mind that you, you have as a BC, favorite BC moment in the ACC thus far, maybe the ACC tournament uh, in 2006? matt ryan is there anything that sticks out for you from a bc per, uh, perspective
1: well you mentioned two of them right off the bat bc came in and competitively uh did did uh did very well football and basketball wise yeah. and uh uh and that was you know was good to see uh I remember the first tournament here in greensboro uh when bc was first in greensboro and yes uh, had a tremendous tournament and and i think that uh Showed everybody in the Atlantic Coast Conference that uh, you know this is a program that uh, that belongs and is going to make noise competitively and and then you mentioned Matt Ryan and those teams uh, and that and of course you know being one of the great players to ever play in this league and such a quality person as well but and there have been you know certainly others in a in a list of those with BC and. Yeah, you know, BC's broad-based program is very conducive to the ACC as well. I think so. Uh, you know, from my perspective, it's it's just been all pluses.
0: That's great to hear. And you know, and I like to like to just kind of I'm interested. Take us behind the scenes as we we kind of go from BC to the conference. The whole last couple minutes here. What's it like to have? I know you have the meetings of all the coaches and the ads. What's it like? Uh, give us a behind-the-scenes look to have that many people, that many opinions in one room.
1: Well, I, th- I think the trick, uh, Mike, really from a conference standpoint is you're, you're, you're uh, first of all, a conference is only as good as its membership. And we have a tremendous membership. I mean, when you, you look at our 15 schools today and what they represent academically and athletically and the geographic footprint that we now have, which is the largest of any uh, of the Power Five conferences in the country and the most television sets of any Power Five conference in the country Uh, and some tremendous uh, markets, both in terms of college towns and metropolitan areas. Uh, And I mentioned the public-private. So uh, the, the, the trick as a conference is to bring these tremendous institutions and their athletic programs into one room. Uh, and these are these are people that compete with each other in recruiting, they compete with each other on the field and on the court, and at the highest level. Uh, and you ask them to make decisions that are in the best interest of the whole. And sometimes those decisions that are best for the whole are not necessarily if you're in a silo, the best decision for a particular institution. And so it's all about consensus building. And uh, we've been blessed over the years to to have people around our AD table, our president's table, our coach's table uh, that understand that and and, uh, that while they're competing with each other uh, (laughs) at the highest level, Day in and day out, in every respect, uh, they also understand that, uh, uh, you know, generally speaking, what's best for a conference is usually in the long run what's best for the institutions that are that are in the conference. And uh, our people have done a great job of that. I think we have uh, a culture that is very conducive uh, to trusting each other and, and trusting that the right decisions will be made uh, around around the table so to speak and and uh, everybody has their their say and their perspective and uh, it, it's just uh, that consensus part of it is, is so important and fortunately it works very very well
0: that's very interesting uh, commissioner with football uh, are you happy with the division set up now how it is and obviously clubs continue to dominate congratulations did a great job again uh and also are you happy with the bowl lineup those are my two questions regarding football the division set up in the bowls are we are we do we think we'll expect change with the bowl lineup in the next couple of years
1: there may be some change uh we've got the best bowl lineup we've ever had in our history at this point uh that doesn't mean it can't be enhanced going forward and that's what we're always working toward and and uh we're uh, coming up on uh, on the last year of a six six year agreements with our bowl partners and and so we're already in negotiations uh, for the next wave, so to speak. And, and there'll probably be some change. I don't think it'll be dramatic, but I, but I think there'll probably be be some change in that in that lineup um, in terms of the divisions uh we've had a lot of discussions about about that over the years and in, in more recent years we have not had a lot of discussion about it um you know i think people sometimes look at one division as compared to the other and and then clemson obviously has won four straight uh division titles uh and and, and acc championship games whereas uh the other division uh, it, it it's been uh gosh, be I think everybody's won that division except one school. And uh, uh and and yet the uh cross divisional play it's it's pretty balanced in terms of the wins and, and losses. Um uh, and one thing that, that you can't do is you know, most of this is, is uh cyclical uh if you follow athletics and you know so we don't want to uh start just changing divisions because that's probably you know uh, there's going to be some cycles in that and we, we you know if you look at the sec at one point the uh the sec east was totally dominating uh the west and uh now that's reversed itself in recent years so uh, you don't change divisions very, you know, very quickly unless there are really strong fundamental reasons to do so. So, uh, you know, that's why our divisions have stayed solid uh, from from the beginning. Now we've had a little bit of change when Louisville came in and Pitt and Syracuse, and uh, uh, but but by and large, I, I think we're very well settled in terms of the divisions.
0: And then I, I, we were both at the con Bowl, we saw uh, Clemson Notre Dame and that got me thinking I was like, jeez this could have been an AC championship game if Notre Dame was a full member are you ex- are you um, are you resigned to that fact that Notre Dame would remain as independent of football or do you think there's a chance that could join as a full member w- Where do you fall on that briefly
1: well when, when we uh, made the decision to to bring Notre Dame into the league and all sports except football uh, we had to have and this was part of the negotiation we had to have uh... uh... the five games from notre dame annually in the sport of football and uh... they cherish their independence in that sport and uh... and we under understand that and understood that when they came in it's been uh... a really good relationship that's been extremely beneficial to notre dame and extremely beneficial to the atlantic coast conference uh... There is Our agreement with Notre Dame runs through 2036. And as a part of that agreement, uh, and this is contractual, uh, if Notre Dame joins a conference in football during that time, at any time between now and 2036, it uh, contractually will be the Atlantic Coast Conference. Uh, I don't have an expectation that that will happen. Uh, but it was important to us that if they did decide to join a conference that it would that it would be the a c c and uh so that's where that is at this point in time. We did not take Notre Dame on the basis that they would probably come in the sport of football. We took Notre Dame uh at total face value. uh You're coming in all sports, you'll remain an independent in football. And you'll play a, play a, five ACC teams per year in football. Uh, so th- there's not really any expectation that they'll join as a uh, as a football member. Uh, but if they decided they wanted to talk about that, certainly we would have that conversation.
0: Last topic for me, Commissioner. Thank you for the time. The ACC Network comes on board in August 2019. Uh, big game, Clemson-Georgia Tech will be on the ACC Network. Just talk about the goals for the ACC Network, have its own channel. I know it's been online for a while now, uh, but just talk about how it goes to linear TV and uh, what we should expect as ACC
1: fans. Well, you can expect uh, an ACC, a channel dedicated totally to the Atlantic Coast Conference and its institutions and and our sports programs uh, 24-7. Uh tremendous opportunity for the league uh potentially from a financial standpoint uh and that's great for our institutions as well as from an exposure standpoint and that's great for our institutions as as well as for our fans because uh that'll be the go-to place for acc uh, news acc programming acc events so i think it'll be tremendously beneficial to the league going forward and it's uh you know it's what we had in mind when we started looking at expansion and, and uh felt like uh you know when we were a nine member league we simply didn't have the uh the the footprint the television sets the population base uh and the football history quite frankly to to uh, to do this uh so expansion was the the first step in putting us in a position to have the opportunity to really maximize our potential in the marketplace uh uh and from both from a media and you know uh, television standpoint and to to be in a position to uh to adjust uh to new media uh, and it's you know we live in a world today where it's really hard to to predict exactly what things are going to look like uh, from a media standpoint in the next five years, ten years, twenty years, but I think we're with the best partner we could possibly have in uh, in ESPN because of their progressive thinking and and the fact that uh, you know they're owned by Disney and uh, there's a great deal of leverage there.
0: Well, Coach. I mean, Commissioner. Excuse me. Thank you so much for the time. My last question is: What do you do in your free time? What's uh What do you see of a free Saturday or Sunday? What, what do you enjoy uh, outside of sports?
1: Mike, I'd say grand uh, grandchildren. I, I, I enjoy reading a lot, uh, particularly by biographies, and particularly anything Doris Kearns Goodwin writes, and uh, and also. Uh, a little golf every now and then. I'm not as good at it as I would like to be, but I do enjoy playing.
0: Well, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Especially, it's nice to hear from a, you from talk from a BC, a Boston College perspective, and uh, really an interesting life story. Congratulations on a great run, and hope for uh, many years to come.
1: Thanks, Mike. Good to be with you.
0: Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Well, thanks once again to ACC Commissioner John Swaffer for joining us on the Lights, Camera, Sports podcast presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. Like to remind everybody if you're a BC football fan, just go to bcfootballgridiron.com to sign up and be a part of the BC Football Gridiron Club. Also like to remind everybody if you want to join Chestnut Hill Technologies and advertise on the Lights Camera Sports Podcast, just email Mike at LightsCamera That's Mike at LightsCameraSports.com. Alright everybody, we'll see you again next time. Thank you so much for listening. This is Mike Galtieri. Signing off.